You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. to do it, but she said, it just goes to show 
that all the world needs a listener. And I think that's what I have found to be true. I got into it because I was a terrible listener. And I was interested in learning how to listen to others. But the thing about Anne's approach that is unique is that she teaches a threefold listening. It's not just listening to others. Listening to others is critically important. And we, most of us do a lousy job of it. And it's the most healing thing we can do. So, and it's one of the few things you can learn to do that makes a difference. There aren't many things that you can actually do that make that much of a difference. But learning to listen is one of those things. And that's why I keep teaching it. Because it's true. It's a, it's a skill that you can actually learn. And um, so I believe in it. I needed it. I, that's what I was interested in. And it took me a while to appreciate the other aspects of it. Listening to God and listening to myself. We're going to begin tonight with um, listening to God. You've come on a retreat. Um, you've made all sorts of plans to um, plans, okay? <laughs> get here. Um, you've made sacrifices. Some of you have taken some courage. Some of you don't know anybody here or know very few people. So um, I hope that the first word that you hear tonight is well done. I said, come, and you did. And God saved it. That is his word to you. Well done. You are here. And he is pleased. I'm, he's saying, I'm happy that you're here. And I am happy that you're here. Um, I wanted to, so Anne, I told you about Anne and her, her life, and I'm still in touch with her, and I still, she's, it's, it's really actually listening is something that sort of took me on a whole spiritual journey. It was the entry point to a whole, um, to, uh, to my walk with the Lord. I started with listening, mainly listening to others and teaching it, but it, I will have to say that especially learning more about listening to God and listening to myself has taken me on a spiritual journey for the last 25, 23 years. Um, we'll focus on listening to God tonight. Tomorrow morning we'll focus on listening to others. And then we'll do listening to myself last. Um, I, um, what did I want to say about that? I don't remember. I had lots of things I was going to say. I had a whole thing about... Uh, whole meditation on letting go of everything that we've never covered that. Um, <laughs> I have a whole thing about the Bible and the world and how important it is to be in the Bible and Jane covered that. <laughs> so I, I'm really winging it. I hate to say that, but it's really true. I am. Um, anyway, so I'm glad you're here. My goals, let me tell you what my goals are for this weekend uh, in the three talks that I'm giving anyway, is that... Um, that maybe, that perhaps you would go away from here with a, a better appreciation of the importance of listening. This is not an optional extra for Christians. The importance of listening, the threefold listening. I would hope that you might see something of the interrelatedness of listening to God and listening to others and listening to myself. I hope you'll see how, that, how those build on each other and encourage each other and are become integral to each other. I hope maybe you'll learn a little bit about your own listening patterns and maybe something to work on. Um, but most of all, I hope that you will meet God here. A retreat is, um, someone has said, a retreat is withdrawal with a purpose. 
And that's the purpose of it, really, is to meet God here, and especially to experience his love for you. Um, so I pray that, and I pray that, that, was, that we will facilitate that. So let us begin with a prayer. We prayed a lot, but we're going to pray again. So just get comfortable for a moment and just breathe in and just get present to yourself and to the situation right now. And let's say together the collect for purity. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name. Okay. All right, let's talk about listening to God. I think we can start with the premise that God is very is more willing to speak to us than we are to listen to him. There's a colic to that effect. He is more willing to hear us, to speak to us than we are even to ask. Um, he's created us for relationship, a loving relationship. And any relationship, whether it's human or with God, involves a give and take. I speak, he listens, he speaks, I listen. And that's how it's designed to be, that we listen to God, we speak to God, we listen to God back and forth in the same way it is with your friends and your husband and whoever. Um, that's foundational to any strong relationship. It's that kind of give and take. I can tell you who my friends, my real friends are, because they're friends that I can both listen to and be listened to. It's a give and take. Those are the ones. If it's somebody that I only listen to, that's not really usually, that's pretty one-sided. Or I hope there aren't too many people that just listen to me, but there probably are some. <laughs> and they don't consider me much of a friend, I can assure you. Um, my, my scripture for the weekend, for my talks, uh, the basic scripture is from Isaiah 55, where he says, Incline your ear to him, come to him, and hear that your soul may live. Hear or listen that your soul may live. This is where, as James just saying, this is where life is. We are made to be in relationship with God. And so being in this kind of give-and-take relationship where we hear God and we speak to God, that is foundation. That is where our life love is. And if we're trying to live without it, it's like living without food or drink. We are made for that. If nothing, and nothing else will satisfy. Only God will satisfy. Um, you know, we've all, we all have substitutes for that. Our son David is writing a big book about all the substitutes. You can buy it. <laughs> so here that your soul may live um, it couldn't be more important so rather than you know we, we all know that God can speak in any way that he wants to in myriad ways of course he speaks through scripture he has, this is his word he has spoken through scripture he has spoken through Christ but he can speak any way he wants to He's out there. He's trying to speak to us. We're missing all the time. God is trying to speak to us. He can speak through nature. He can speak through another person. He can speak through a sermon. He can speak through 
a television show. I mean, he can speak. He's dying to speak. He wants to get through. In the same way, if you've got a husband that doesn't listen, you're trying to get through. He's trying to get through us. And most of the time, the obstacle to his hearing, to this relationship, is in us, in fact. It's our sin. It's our self-centeredness. It's obstacles in us or patterns in us that we don't even know we have, perhaps. But that's usually, in all listening, I did a listening workshop once and someone came away and he said, well, the summary is the problem's always in the listener. And I think there's, there's some truth in that. And that's usually, what are the obstacles then? Uh, we're, we're not going to do a comprehensive thing. I've been doing this for 25 years. So I'm going to give you a distillation of what I think is really the most important stuff. And so I really want to focus on what are the obstacles, what keep us from hearing God more, from being in this kind of relationship where we can trust what he's saying to us and that it's feeding our very souls. Um, the first thing I want to talk about, reverse the order that I thought I was going to do, the first thing I want to say is that I think, is do I believe really in my, in my actions and what I do? do? Am I acting as though I believe that I need to hear them? If I believe that I need to hear him, then I will make time. I will find time to hear him. Um, Jesus was very clear about something, about how we pray. He didn't, he didn't give a whole lot of instructions about this, but he did say one thing that has come to mean a lot to me. He said, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And I believe, at least it's true in my life, that the, one of the main problems with hearing God is that I am just too distracted. I'm distracted by the world. I'm distracted by the, all the external information. We are getting so much information, I don't need to tell you. Most of it not essential. Most of it not essential. But we're getting so much. There's so many distractions. We, many of you have small children. They're after you all the time. It's, it's endless. You have, you have a husband that you want to give time to when he comes home at night. The needs and distractions are so, so many. But Jesus was very clear with Mary and Martha. A lot of people want to make Martha into this saint. But Jesus rebuked her. He really did. He rebuked her. He said, Mary knows what's important, and she's sitting at my feet. She's listening to me. Whereas Mary was very busy, very busy, and doing many things that she was... You know what? The thing about Martha, this, 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 I guess I married him. But Martha, the problem with Martha is she thought she was doing the right thing. She really had to get over that. She had to repent, in fact, of her thinking that she was right and Mary was wrong. She really did. So I know people for whom that I have a, have a good friend who I've been working with trying to help her to have more of a relationship with God. She's very active. She's just active. She's just moving and she's talking a lot too. But she's busy. She's got television on or she's got all this stuff going. And I thought, why is she having such a hard time? I said, just find a place to sit down and be with God for five minutes, just five minutes. Her husband died. And she was trying, she was going through grief. And I said, find a place where you can go for five minutes to listen to God. And then I learned, just, I've known her for 20 years, 30 years, and I just learned that she, apparently her mother had a thing about anybody sitting down during the daytime. 
<laughs> um, even reading a book. Her mother had a real problem with that, and her mother would say, get busy, do something productive. Well, now she's going against a major pattern in her life. I didn't know that this is what I was dealing with, but it really was helpful to understand that. So distractions. Back, back to the thing about distractions. Jesus said, go into your room and shut the door. How many of you have a place where you can go and sit and shut the door? Do you have that place? I hope you do. If you don't, think about it. I have a lot of friends who don't have that. Do you have a place where you can go and shut the door? We have two different houses. And the first thing I did when we moved into these houses, um, we're splitting our time in two places, was to establish where my little place was. And Paul knows that if my door is shut, he's not to bother me. That took about 40 years of marriage. <laughs> 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 but he respects it. He knows what I'm doing. <laughs> Uh, there was a book that came out in the um, in the 80s by Joyce Huggett. It was radical at the time because this was a very word evangelical, word-oriented evangelical world that she um, was in in England. And she wrote a book called Listening to God. And she spent almost the first half of this book talking about making a prayer room, having a, all the right the can all the right situations or where you could meet God. And I used to think, Joyce, come on, you know, I mean, this is no big deal. Well, she was right. And she, this was before internet and cell phones. She knew that we need a place. So if you don't have one, I hope you hear this word, and that you put it, that it gets in your heart, where do you go to sit and close the door so that everybody in your family knows that you are there with the Lord intending to. So those are the outer distractions. We were coming up in the car today, and Mary just panted was saying you know, she was trying to shut out the outer distractions just in her car to be able to be quiet and meditate while she was driving. And she had to turn off the GPS, she had to turn off the radio, she had to unplug her cell phone, she had to, <laughs> she had to roll up the windows, you know, all the things she had to do just to, even in the car alone. So it's something we have to be intentional about. It's not going to happen. It's bombarding us everywhere we go. And secondly, and just along that line, are things like retreats, which you're doing now. Make the most of it. Take some time by yourself this weekend. Go along with God and sit quietly. It's tempting to talk to all these wonderful people, but find some time while you're here, to just sit quietly and talk to God. Um, the talk, and when I say talk, I'll talk about that in just a minute, but the second thing is there are not only external distractions, there are internal distractions. I can sit down with my door closed and my Bible there, and I've got my scripture, and I'm ready to talk to God, listen to God, and my mind goes, oh my goodness, I answered that email, and if I do, did I get the right tone? Because I'm probably going to see her at church tomorrow, and I want to be sure. Maybe should I call her? Um, uh, see her. Oh my goodness, I 
that's a dry cleaning. And my husband is going to freeze in that church. It's always so cold. And I go, I didn't get the dry cleaning. Now, what am I going to do? My mind, you know, in five seconds, it doesn't take any amount of time. That's what our minds do. I don't know if you're that way, but I, I'm, this is what we're mostly doing. Jane was alluding to talking about this too. We're either thinking about something in the past that we're rehearsing, we're making it right, or did I say the right thing, did I do the right thing, did I, you know, what ifs, you know, all that stuff. We're doing something in the past. Men do this more than women. Women are planning. We're all planning. I learned, I try to have a prayer time in the afternoon also, as well as in the morning. I've gone through phases where I really do do this very, this, I found I could not have a prayer time in the evening if I didn't know what we were having for dinner. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's too important. But anyway, that's the kind of thing. So we need help with the inner distractions. They don't just go away. We need to be just, you know, intentional about that as well. So it's not just shutting the door. It's also, how do we stop our minds? How do we get present? This is where breathing is very helpful. I know it sounds a little trendy, but God gave us breath. I mean, it's very important in Scripture. And it's the only important system in our bodies that we have any control over. We like control. So breathing can actually slow you down. It actually can stop the stress symptoms. It can stop the sympathetic nervous system. It's physiological. So breathing is a very good thing, especially if you're in a... In a I have a friend who's not, who didn't make it because she got distracted. Who, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was at her wedding, her son's wedding, and um, she's from this church, it was a wedding that Paul was doing up in the north. And she got locked out of her room right before she was to get dressed. And <laughs> for the wedding, for the wedding, for her son. And she got locked out of her room, and the hotel was not able to open the door. I'm, this is not, I'm not making this up. She couldn't get in the room. And not only could she not get in the room to dress, she, she had the license and the rings in her safe. So that's pretty important. So I'm there with her. I'm it. And I'll, what did I do? Breathe. Just breathe. We didn't pray. We couldn't pray. She was hysterical. You know. But honestly, I kind of calmed down. Just by breathing. So breathing, don't don't discount it. It has a role. But the other thing I would say that, from my experience, I have um, I have joined a group of centering prayer groups, and it's, uh, the reason I like it is because it's a Christian approach to helping with the inner distractions, and it really does. Um, I have found that this is a way of helping me anyway to quiet my mind, and it, it's and it's it's very much. Uh, it's all about our relationship with God and turning things over to Him. And so I'm part of a group that does this, and I've read about, I've read about, and I practice this. And that I have found that if I can actually empty my mind of all the things that get in the way, then it's amazing how I then hear the word of the Lord. It opens me, it clears the passages. And I hear something. And even if I don't hear it just right then, at that moment, I often hear it later. And I, the first time I ever did this, I was later in the day, I had an idea. It came out of the blue. And I, I instinctively, I connected it with that morning's time, that quiet time of 
Center in Prayer. I knew that the channels had been open. So find a way to deal with your whatever works for you, your inner distractions. Um, the question then, the first question is, do you believe that you need this to live? And, um, you know, there's nothing like experiencing it. What Jane was talking about, she's made a habit of this, and she's, she's in... in She's reading her Bible and writing and talking to God. And when you, when you get it, Paul and I started doing this. You all know, some of you who've been around know that we do this still every morning. We didn't start that because it was a nice idea or because we were, we needed it. We needed this time. It came out of pain. It came out of distress. It was, it became, we, you have to get to it. You may, I mean, I don't wish this for you, but I hope you don't get to a place of pain that you have, you have no option but to stop and shut the door and listen to God. Um, so that's the first thing I want to say, is that, that the distractions, both the external and the internal, are what get in the way. One of the things that I have, I've been a Christian a very long time, and I've been involved you know, sort of professionally in this, this, you know, by the time, whether I wanted to or not. And, um, and I've, I've come to believe that any kind of growth in the Christian life. We used to say there's no growth, and there's not much. <laughs> We're still dealing with a lot of the same basic issues. But if there is any growth, it's a growth by subtraction and not addition. <laughs> Jesus came to take away the sins of the world. <laughs> and every time I say that in the service, take, Lord, take away the sins of the world, I know that that's, where, that's, that's the heart of things. It's really the taking away. Jane just described a situation in which she had to take away a pattern that she had. Um, it's it's the, the obstacles, the things that get in the way. This is what sin is. This is what this, this is what interrupts our trust in God too. It's things that are in the way. It's not so much building a spiritual muscle. I I just don't think that's true. I really don't. I don't think faith it it comes through death resurrection. It doesn't come. It doesn't come. It's not an, a, a, a progressive sort of thing. Um, it's, and it comes by subtraction more than addition. So think about what is in the way of your spending this time that you need to spend alone with the Lord. And how are you dealing with the distractions in your life, both the external and the internal? Now, I want to say one other thing about um, listening to God and what gets in the way. And it's this, along the lines of what Jane was talking about. I can't really, I'm going to struggle with this. It's not really technically your image of God, but it's something about your relationship with God that is lacking trust in truth. Now, all of us will say all the right things about God is absolutely trustworthy, and he can, I can talk to him about anything, and he's faithful, and he's just, and he's gentle, and he's kind, and he's patient. We all know that. But we still resort to our own resources way too much. And it has something to do with not either not thinking he cares that much, or the devil has distracted us from, from taking our issues to God. Um, but there's something about how we see God and our relationship with God, and it's usually influenced by early patterns in our lives. Whether it's a mother dying tragically at age six, 
and setting up a whole pattern of control, that's just one example. In my own life, I was eldest of four children and a daughter, and um, it was never explicit. It really wasn't, but it was implicit that I was the responsible one. And I was mother's helper, and I was the one who was there to um, look after the others, their needs, and what the message I received, it was never intended, but the message I received was that I didn't have needs. Mine were taken for granted. I was taken for granted. I was rewarded for being responsible. I was not comfortable even with my own neediness. Now this gets in the way of my relationship with God, big time. If I think God's rewarding my responsibility, and can't handle my neediness, well then I'm like Peter, who he says, no, don't wash my feet. You know, <laughs> that's really in effect what I'm doing. I'm saying, don't wash my feet. And that's what he's asking us to do, is bring our dirty feet to him again and again and again. And he's, he has no problem with it. But, but the way I grew up as the eldest of four children, who was the responsible one, and all, all the responsibility, I mean, all the, I got so many, so much positive feedback for being that person. <coughs> but it was killing my soul. It was killing my soul. It was, just, it was not allowing me to give and receive love from God in the way that He intended. Because I didn't think that I could be me, little Mary. I've had to start calling her little Mary. <laughs> <laughs> that illustrates this, but I, I, mean, I guess the question I'm asking you, what is in the way from your past, from something that you've imbibed in your family history or something that's happened in your life? My friend, I told you about my friend, who couldn't sit still, well, she, had, she couldn't listen to God because her mother told her she couldn't sit still. You know, it was that simple. It may be that you had a father who was very distant um, and so it's hard for you to relate. I have another friend whose mother died at age 10 and she was told that God had taken her mother away. And um, she suffered. She's a person who has suffered from anger all her life. All her life. It's gotten in the way of her relationship with God and it's gotten in the way of her relationship with others. So we'll get into this more when we talk about listening to ourselves. But think about what are the patterns that you might have taken on in your life that are actually keeping you from trusting God in the way that, it's, that He intends for you to. Um, one of the things that I talked about, I, one of the things we do to close the door and get rid of the distractions is to go and retreat. And you all get an A. You did it. <laughs> but I, I have started doing uh, something. I have two friends who go with the one, one who led the way, and we go to a retreat for. Eight days of silence. And um, people are horrified how to do that. I couldn't do it eight days the first time. The first time I did it four days. But I was riveted. Eight days of silence. But you know, you really need business with God if you do eight days of silence. If you carve out eight days, I missed something important this year in order to go on this retreat. And the thing that I took away from this retreat, you may think it's crazy, but I, I have to say it, and I've talked to another friend about this recently. Um, 
you meet with a spiritual director every. Um, I can't believe I'm talking about these things, in the, but I am. <laughs> spiritual director every day for 45 minutes. And the questions she ca- I would say, you know, what was bothering me or what I was thinking about, what I was reading, and how I was relating to God about this. And, I mean, I was, obviously, that's what I was doing. And she would say, well, have you talked to God about this? <laughs> so, first I thought, well, I think so. But it, that question, she just keeps asking that question. And I have another woman that I talk to that does the same thing. Often I'll talk and talk and talk about something. Maybe with other people. Maybe with Paul. But the question is, the question I have for you, is whatever is it, have you talked to God about it? Or have you, if you can't talk to God, have you talked to Jesus about it? I don't care if you just have you talked about it. This friend that I was talking to about this, um, and she said, that's what you've got to say, Mary. Tell them that. Have you talked to God about it? She's a person who um, has a relationship, a strong relationship with God. But her husband died at age 41 and left her with three little girls. And um, she, she said, you know, I have a wonderful relationship with God because God, I had a terrible family and I went to... God was my, my comfort. God was my safe place. And uh, she said, but I have a problem with Craig's death. I have a problem with my husband dying like this. And as we talked, it became clear to her that she hadn't actually talked to God about how she felt about this. I know that may seem inconceivable, but ask yourself that question. If something's bothering you. Have you really talked to him? Hearing God has so much to do with talking to him about what's important, what's in the heart, what's really disturbing you. Many of us are practical agnostics. (laughs) We are. We, we, uh, we help, we, we say we're Christians and we trust God and what have you, but then we plan our lives. And then we manage you know, whatever a problem comes up and we figure out how to manage it. And a lot of us women are very good at that. That's one of the problems. Jane, the reason Jane became a planner, because she's good at it. And that's what I want to say, is that there's something God wants us to come with our dirty feet. He wants us to bring our dirty feet and let him wash them. And it's, it's humbling. And it's often the same things and that's what he is but when we bring it to when we really talk to him from the heart about what it is that's bothering us that we, we then we cease to become practical agnostics but most of us really in fact are managing it on our own or trying to figure out how think about that just ask yourself that question have I talked to God about this? Okay, we have an option now. Those are my two main points. The obstacles, do I need to hear his voice? And what's getting in the way of my talking to him about what's really important? Um, what's in my relationship from the past? What, what's in me that is keeping me from talking to God about it? Now we can, I can talk more about how we know it's his voice, or we can, 
we have a reflection exercise that we could do right now, which I think might be a good idea. It's in your books, and it's just a chance for you on your own, no talking, just look in your books, and there's a reflection just for about five or ten minutes. And it ends with your coming up with a prayer. This is an opportunity. Maybe something has come out in just what Jane or I am saying or in the songs um, that, that speak to you, that you want to talk to God about. Um, something in the questions maybe will help you. Anyway, there's it. You see them? Some people don't have books, but we're going to get them. So I'm going to bring them up. We can have a book. Who doesn't have a book? Like, okay. Oh, there is one other thing in your books, another way of listening. There are lots of ways to listen to God. Um, review of the day is one of them that's in your books, and that's something that's an optional thing, of course, but it's something that I try to do every night. This is an idea that I actually... Page six. Page six in your books. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can. No, it's hard. We can hear you. Yeah. Can you hear her in the back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's a review of the day. You might look at that tonight before you go to bed if you haven't had too much wine. And, uh, <laughs> and it, it's just it's just a kind of self-examination, and it's a, it's a chance, a way to look at where was God in, in your day, and, and where did you maybe shut him out? Where do you wish he'd been? And um, so this is something that I try to do before I go to bed every night. It's an exercise in listening to God. Asking for the God's eye view. Do you know the movies? There's a Hitchcock's big um, thing in movies was a God's eye view. Looking down on the situation. <coughs> pull back and you look down on it. So, so asking for the God's eye view of your day. So you can do that later. But right now we're going to do this personal um, reflection exercise that's in the book of Mary's Green and Warlock. Just, you don't have to answer all of them, but just spend a little time with these questions yourself, alone. And you then again, by writing the prayer. And then I'll finish up for you. I think, I think it's Some people might not. Does anyone still not have your book? We will not shame you. Okay, one more down here. Do you have one more? We should. It's good. Okay. We can, is that an extra? Well, she's on her way. She's just coming late. But somebody can to look. Someone, we have one. There's Okay. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.